Hello, singers. This is Julie Bale, and this is Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, Mindset for Singers. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how to use self-hypnosis for imposter syndrome. And just to put it into context, I asked over the last few months, I've been talking to in the region of around 100 singers, talking about their struggles and frustrations with the singer's life and what their dreams are. And the number one struggle was not as I fully expected it to be, performance anxiety, but rather it was imposter syndrome. So let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. What is it and why is it so prevalent in musicians? So a dictionary definition of imposter syndrome is this. When a person experiences insufficiency in themselves, regardless of every good thing they have accomplished, it is a form of intellectual self-doubt accompanied by anxiety and often depression. When people have imposter syndrome, they feel like they're a phony. They feel like they're going to be found out as a fraud. They feel like they've only got where they are um, in life, in their careers through luck. And this term was first used, it's a fairly new term, it was first used in the 1970s. And the signs of imposter syndrome are an inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, attributing your success to external factors, berating your performance, fearing you won't live up to expectations, overachieving, sabotaging your own success, self-doubt, and setting two challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. Now, I told you about these hundred singers that I spoke to, and I have to say that pretty much in every one, there was at least one of these signs, which is an awful thing because it does lead to constant anxiety. And it's said that around 70% of people, 70% of people, not just singers now, but people, will have one episode of imposter syndrome in their lives. So it leads to negative thinking, self-doubt, self-sabotage. It's really limiting. It holds you back. It makes you convinced that you're not as good as others think that you are. Instead of being proud of what you've achieved, you focus much more on what you haven't achieved yet. And of course, all of this in singers and in musicians can lead to exacerbating that performance anxiety, which you may already have. So a little bit about my story. I I have suffered from imposter syndrome and I have got it mainly under control with self-hypnosis, with heterohypnosis and then self-hypnosis. So heterohypnosis is where a hypnotist runs through it with you uh, first, uh, runs through hypnosis first. And then self-hypnosis is when you take it on and just do it yourselves. And as you know, I'm a huge advocate for self-hypnosis. I believe quite often it's useful for singers to have heterohypnosis, so i.e. for me to guide you through hypnosis. But then certainly for performance anxiety, when you're standing there in the wings and you're about to go on stage, and also for imposter syndrome, you're standing in the wings, you're about to go on stage and you're starting to get the feelings of self-doubt, the stress responses kicking in and so on. It's really useful for you to have a self-hypnosis routine that you can then do to change your state immediately. 
So my story, I I suffered from imposter syndrome, not so much as a singer, although I most certainly have as a singer. I think we've all been in those gigs, haven't we, where we've been standing next to people who are very famous and starting to wonder, oh, my goodness, what am I doing here? That kind of thing. I've certainly been there. Um, But I suffered much more with imposter syndrome, as in it held me back from being able to do the best job I could do in my work as a choral conductor and taking a choir. When I was a trained singer, um, for some reason, I had these limiting beliefs that in order to be a choral conductor, I needed to be an organist or at least a great keyboard player, which I am not. Um, I, I felt that as a woman, I was at a disadvantage, absolutely crazy, but that's what I felt. Um, in my head, choral conductors were men, which is crazy because there are many, many, many incredible women who are choral conductors. Um, and also I'm left-handed. And so in my head, again, this is just a limiting belief. I uh, believed that choirs wouldn't be able to understand my gesture when I was conducting, which is just bonkers. So I would go into rehearsals feeling really nervous, feeling not good enough. And in my head, all of the all of the, the thoughts going around in my head were saying, why would they listen to you? What have you got to offer? Who are you to tell a choir what to do? The rehearsal's going to go terribly wrong. Everybody's going to scowl at you. And these were the thoughts that were leading me to imposter syndrome. And and I'm going to talk more about these thoughts in a moment because the thoughts are hugely important. Now, I I did an exercise, which I'm going to talk you through at the end of this podcast, which instead of allowing myself to think those thoughts in hypnosis, which, as you know, enhances and magnifies the feelings that we have because we're able to engage our imagination and when our mind and body is in this beautifully relaxed state, then we are able to take on suggestion much more and start to sort of reprogram, retrain the brain uh, to find its automatic response to be the positive thought, so the positive image that I then changed it to. Uh, And I'll talk to you a bit more about that in a moment. But that's what was happening with me. I had all these negative thoughts going around my mind. So every time I walked into my choir rehearsal, uh, what was being said in my head was, you're not good enough, People won't understand you. What do you have to offer a choir? And all of these things, which you can imagine, led me to feeling completely, almost paralyzed, definitely trapped and unable to do all the wonderful things that I have been trained to do in my conductor training. So let's have a think about imposter syndrome and why why it happens so much with musicians. Well, we we have come from a background where achievement is highly valued. And this is a sign of imposter syndrome rears its head when you come from a background where achievement is highly val- valued and determines your self-worth. A place of perfectionism where there are peers 
who are constantly judging and criticizing. I mean, it does sound like some of your average music education, doesn't it? Not everywhere, not everything, not every group, but there does tend to be an awful lot of that around musicians, the culture around music. And comparing those of you who who live in my world will know that I am absolutely 100% against comparing singer against singer because we are all individual like fingerprints you know we we all are different shapes and sizes we all have entirely different voices that are also different shapes and sizes and and you can't compare you can only really compete against yourself once you start comparing yourself to others then it really is the road to misery so now i want to talk to you about how to deal with it so if you suffer any of those or a number of those symptoms, signs of imposter syndrome, if that is something that's getting in your way as a singer of achieving your best, your optimum performance, if you feel it's holding you back, it's trapping you, it's making you feel miserable, it's making you feel like you don't want to sing anymore or you don't want to apply to sing or something like that, then the way to deal with it, and I'm going to give you a number of options here, there's a number of ways to deal with it. So this negative self-talk, which we've just been talking about, you know, the thoughts that I had walking into a rehearsal room, you need to become aware, first of all, of exactly what it is that you are saying to yourself, what those thoughts are. And you won't know just off the top of your head, probably, And we're going to do an exercise with that in just a moment's time. So we need to become aware of those thoughts that you have before a performance or whenever you start to feel the signs of imposter syndrome. And the phrase that I like to use most of all is this. If you want to stop feeling like an imposter, then you have to stop thinking like an imposter. And I'm going to say that again because I love it so much. If you want to stop feeling like an imposter, then you have to stop thinking like an imposter. So let's just have a think about these thoughts. So if you just right now imagine the situation or a situation in which you feel that the imposter syndrome signs are coming in. So just close your eyes. You're not in hypnosis. You're just closing your eyes. You're just having a little think. Take yourself, imagine yourself to be in that place where you feel imposter syndrome and really explore your thoughts and figure out what it is exactly that you are saying to yourself. So remembering I was saying, why would a choir listen to you? A choir won't be able to understand your left hand conducting. What do you have to offer a choir? They're going to think you're stupid. All of these things you write down, and it may be that at the moment you're not in a place to write down, but when you do have the opportunity to do so, take the opportunity to sit and write down exactly what the thoughts are. You're not going to show them to anybody. Nobody's going to see them. Nobody's going to judge you for this. You're just writing them down for you. And when you are aware of them, then what we can do is we can change them 
we can retrain your brain so that the automatic thoughts go to a number of thoughts that are really more empowering. So in my case, for instance, I changed all of those negative thoughts and I thought to myself, what would be a better thing for me to think? What would be better? And it's as simple as that to begin with. And the things that came to my mind were, I have all the resources I need to run this rehearsal. I mean, I did. I have conductor training. I've been teaching singers for 30 years. I know my music well. I can conduct. You know, I have everything that I need. And so do you for your performances. You've prepared your performances. You've been to your lessons. You've learned your music. You've practiced your artistry. You've done all of these things. So they are there. So my first thought was, I have all the resources I need to run this rehearsal. My second thought was, and my choir loves me. They do. They do love me. (laughs) I'm the one that doesn't love me or was, you know, but they, they do. They think I'm, they think I'm amazing. And again, here's this imposter syndrome thing, isn't it? They think I'm amazing. I think, oh, I'm not going to live up to their expectations. Just another imposter syndrome sign. So close your eyes again and think this time, what would be better things to think? Write them down. And then in hypnosis, so when we do hypnosis, in self-hypnosis, you then engage your imagination and take yourself, first of all, to the first place. And you think all of the bad thoughts and you notice what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like to be in that place, feeling those thoughts. And you magnify them and you enhance them and you feel more and more. You notice how you feel so much more worthless, useless, bad, awful, how horrible it feels. And then you allow that to disappear. You allow that image to fade from your mind. And instead, you imagine yourself in the same place again, but this time saying the useful things to yourself. So in performance, and of course, it needs to be your words because you're saying it to yourself. But in performance, it may be, you may say, I have all the resources I need to give a fantastic performance. The audience loves me. Everyone thinks I'm great. I love singing this music. I know what I'm doing. I'm ready to do this performance. These are all things that I've I've worked on with singers over the past eight months. Um, These are all things that they've wanted to bring into their performances and have and used them and had huge successes with them. So that's a self-hypnosis way of doing that. If you want a more detailed way of doing self-hypnosis, then if you go back to the first podcast where we have the two minutes to calm, that gives you the the process, the template of the self-hypnosis. And then when you have got yourself to the calm place, to the safe place, to the relaxed place, that's when you take yourself into instead or as well as you take yourself imaginatively into the place where you experience imposter syndrome and you run through first the negative picture and really feel how it feels. And then you run through the positive and really feel how that feels. And then what you want to do 
on a daily basis, and we're only talking two minutes a day, is practice running through the positive image. Because that will then retrain your brain for the moment that you get up and do that situation next, go to that performance next, go to that rehearsal next, that your brain will go to the retrained place and the positive things will come in your head. I have all the resources I need to run this rehearsal and my choir loves me. I am ready for this performance. The audience loves me. I am fully prepared. You know, those are the things that will come into your mind. Now, that is the self-hypnosis part for imposter syndrome. I've got, before I finish, just a couple of other little tips for you. One of them is to start questioning the questions, the questions, the thoughts that you have yourself. So you start to question them. So if, for instance, my one, uh, I'm left-handed, they won't understand me, then what I can do is I can say to myself, well, how does left-handed stop me from being a good conductor? It doesn't. Okay. So I have disputed that thought. It has no power anymore. Disputing your thoughts is a really, really useful tool for singers absolutely works a treat. So these crazy thoughts that you get, dispute them. Do I have any evidence for that? What evidence do I have that people can't follow a left-hand conductor? What evidence do I have that the audience hates me? Actually, none. (laughs) So, and then you can doubt it. Have a thought with yourself. Who are you not feeling good enough for? If you're someone who says, oh, I don't feel good enough. I'm not good enough. Not good enough for who? Who is it that you don't feel good enough for? Because then you realize that actually that inadequacy comes from within you. And create a wins list. And I say this to all my singers, all my singers, to go and create a wins list on your computer, in your notes, or on your phone, something like that. Just write down every time things have gone right for you with your singing. Every time someone gives you a compliment, and you get a compliment in a lesson or from another singer or after a performance, something like that, write them down. Because our minds are very, very used to taking on board the criticism and shunning away any compliments. Now, this wins list, it isn't, again, it's not for you to publish. You're not going to be putting it up on Facebook. You're not going to be sending it around to your friends. It's just for you to read in those moments where you feel filled with self-doubt, where you think, why would anybody want to listen to me, possibly? I only got this job because somebody else wasn't available. Someone else would sing it better than me. All of these that I'm saying to you now, all of these thoughts are things that other singers have said to me, things that they have thought. So what if I forget my words? What if the audience hates me? You know, if you had those, for instance, what if I forget my words? What if the audience hates me? You could change that to, I am prepared. My words flow easily. 
and the audience loves me. And then you practice it in your self-hypnosis, as we said earlier. So I hope that you found this podcast today helpful. I would love you to now go and practice in the wild, go and practice all of these exercises that I've given. And let me know, please let me know what has been most successful for you. I would love to know your triumphs. Uh, You can send me an email, you can contact me on the website. There are loads and loads of uh, places you can get in touch with me. And so next time, next podcast, we're going to talk about how to stay in your body when you sing. Again, my research with all of these singers, this was one of the top things that came up. Singers were saying, I find it really difficult. I go into an audition or a performance and I realize that I'm not in my body anymore. You've got this otherworldly experience floating out of your body or your head is so filled with chaotic thoughts that you're not able to stay in your body and give the performance that you know you can do, the performance that you've really worked for, and let's face it, the performance that you deserve to give. So that's going to be next, the next podcast, How to Stay in My Body When I Sing. I hope you've enjoyed today, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Our podcast music was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Ali2, the podcast maker. Find your own free podcast music over at thepodcasthost.com forward slash free music.